0: Lisa Mason, and I have the great honor of being the rector of St. John's Episcopal Church in Larchmont. I pray that you enjoy this time together. I'm inviting you to open your minds and hearts to whatever message God is sending you during this sermon. we are definitely on a journey of really hard parables as we prepare our hearts to first give thanks and celebrate thanksgiving and then go into the season of advent these parables challenge us if we leave them at face value they are really hard to hear and can be hurtful and think about the painful ways that um people have told us that god reacts so we have to dig like the servant that had one talent that dug and buried his in the ground. We've got to dig into this parable if we're going to find meaning. When you open it up, it is a story. Just remember, Jesus is getting, every time we hear one of these, he's getting closer to crucifixion. First persecution, painful, and then crucifixion. So he is running out of time to get his message across. So extreme language is used to hopefully get the attention of the disciples, because very soon the mission of bringing the kingdom of God closer to the kingdom of earth will solely be up to those who have believed and followed. There will be no other storyteller if they don't share the story. It's a story about giving, God giving us gifts and how we use them. God showers us with gifts, some that we see and recognize and others that we might miss along the way. It's a story about how to use those gifts to make a difference. God hopes we take those gifts and immediately invest them by sharing them with others. That's exactly what God calls us to do. But some people, people often don't see their gifts. And they're reluctant to share them, and they think, "Well, I may be good at that, and I may not, so I'm just going to keep it to myself." And I believe I have met with many of people who are growing closer to the time where they expect to die, and their greatest regret—and I mean this—is not using the gifts that God had given them to tell the people in their lives that they love them, to share the gifts that they have. With others, the gift of love and the gift of compassion and the gift of sympathy. And so we really are called to abundantly and boldly share our gifts. Every time I hear the story, I think of one of my oldest memories of a story my mother told me. She asked me, and I used, I used, to, I love to do what she asked. But one day she asked me to go to a neighbor's house and play the piano because they were down. And I was like, oh. Mom, I don't want to do that today. I was like, five, I don't want to do that today. And she said, you know, she's really down. She's going through a lot. And when you play the piano, it makes her joyous. And I was like, and she said, let me just give you another way of thinking about this. She said, let's say one of your best friends, your closest friend in the world. At that time, her name was Susan. Bought something for you and she could not wait until your birthday or Christmas to give it to you. So she comes rushing over to the house. And she knocks on the door, and she said, I just have to give this to you now. I found it, and it's so you. And you went, mm, took the package, looked at her, opened the entry hall closet, and threw it up in the top shelf of the closet, and said, thank you, and just see you later. She said, now, Susan's always going to love you. But that's going to make her really, really sad. And she said, that's exactly. God is never going to let you go. God's going to love you always. But when God sees us storing our gifts into our hearts, worried that they either won't be accepted or that they won't be enough, it is God grieves. I truly believe that. God loves for us to abundantly share. I saw examples of what it means to use your gifts all over the place this weekend. On Friday night, I had the blessing of coming to pray in the preview party where people had been working all week to have a beautiful place for people to come in and literally look for gifts, things they need. And then Dorothy and I had the blessing of going to the 75th anniversary of Larchmont Temple, celebrating the rabbi, Jeff Serkman, 36th year as the rabbi. Now, some of you may not know this, I didn't know this until a few years ago, but there was a lot of controversy about the temple being built. There were a lot of differing opinions, a lot of anger and frustration. They finally passed, and they were able to build the temple that they're in right now. But when they went to get their certificate of occupancy, they kept procrastinating, letting them have it. And St. John's and St. Augustine's went to bat for them. So I knew without a doubt, instead of Dorothy, who lives across the street from the temple, needed to be there as much as I wanted to be here, too. And as we went and we gathered, some of the people were just so thankful that the interfaith community could gather with them that night. And that they, they, we all agreed to, kind of, to put away the awful, horrible strife going on in the world and to just let it be a celebration. And some very old friends of Jeff that had begun rabbinic school when he did, had had a band, and Jeff and his wife were their biggest groupies. And they had decided to put the band back together again and come and be part of this celebration. And they commissioned a song for Jeff. And it says so well about what it means when you share your gifts. And it's called Panim El Panim. And it means face to face. Face to face, heart to heart, hand to hand, life's the art of mixing colors, weaving dreams, sharing our humanity through a welcoming embrace and knowing that we've seen God's face, living life face to face. When we look at one another, remember one of our baptismal covenant promises is to seek and serve the Christ and every human being. Sometimes that's the easiest thing in the world and sometimes it's the most challenging thing than you can ever imagine. And on Saturday, I love Saturday of the Bazaar, because people come in and they're welcomed from all walks of life. Some have been here for years and years, ready to line up at 8.15. Others just happen on us. And friendships are made and stories are shared. I'm going to share a run from yesterday. I mean, a couple who were named nameless. I had run into them at the bank a couple of weeks ago. Nancy and Frank know where this is going. I had run into him at the bank a couple of weeks ago, and he said, I can't wait for the bazaar. And I said, well, I can't either. I love it. And he said, I'm bringing something to show you that I have had since I was a child, and I want to share it with you. And so we, of course, see each other at the bazaar, and he pulls like a little wad of handkerchief out of his pocket, and he opens it up, and it's a medal. And it's from St. John's. He grew up here, and it was a medal like you know, like military that have bars where you keep hanging medals on them. And he said the original circle part of the medal that was the first year I went to Sunday school. The wreath around the medal is the second year I went to Sunday school, and then it had third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And someone overhearing us said, "Well, what happened after that?" And literally, he looked like a child. He stood up straight and he said, "I graduated." And I thought, that is face to face. The memories that he still had about the people who led him along the journey were beautiful. Better that. Out of his other pocket, he pulls up another wad of Kleenex and says, I'm supposed to give you this. He gave it to his wife to give to me. And she said, I'm supposed to give you this because I suddenly remembered that Laura Rawlings loves pigs, our parish administrator. And she had bought four miniature ceramic pigs to surprise Laura with on her desk. That is face-to-face ministries. When we give our gifts, the world is light and it's generous and it's full of love. Now we can be rejected. I don't know about you, but I know maybe you thought you had the gift to sing and someone told you you couldn't. Or maybe, maybe you thought you had the gift to sew, that would never be me, but someone said not so good. Sometimes we use our gifts and they're not accepted, or they're underappreciated. And that's why I love that this parable is matched with the reading from Thessalonians. When I used to teach children in church all the time, Sunday after Sunday, when this parable would come up, we would talk about the armor of God, that breastplate of love and faith, and then that helmet of hope and salvation. And I used to offer them, invite them to think about when they are rejected from something or they're the last one picked for a team or they're later in their life not asked to the dance, to really visualize that breastplate of faith and love and to picture their head almost haloed with hope, God's hope that is promised to us. And that will help them heal from that instance and give them the courage to share that faith again. And from time to time, one of the kids would come in, I'll never forget this one little boy, precious little boy came in and he goes, I've had that breastplate on for two days, but I'm not giving up. And I think that's what God asked us to do, to never give up sharing, to never forget looking at each other face to face, heart to heart, amen. Thank you again for this time together. I pray that we always remember that we are part of a much bigger story, the story of God's love for God's people and the call for us to learn how to love God and learn how to love each and every other person we encounter with the kind of love that God has for us. And now for a blessing. Be present to today. Do not be anxious about what might happen tomorrow. The same God who cares for you today will care for you tomorrow. God will either shield you from suffering, or you will be given the unfailing strength to bear it. So be at peace then, and cast aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you forever. Amen.